Hi, everyone. This is Steve Wilcox. Please join me in reading from the book of John, chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Well, there's a lot going on here, and we're given insight into the events that are rapidly moving toward Christ's betrayal, crucifixion, and finally resurrection. The actions begin with Jesus coming to the small town of Bethany six days before the Passover celebration in order to stay with his friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Each of these persons has a special place in the scriptures, and most recently, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, which among other things testified to his power as the Savior and also fueled the plot by the religious leaders to have Jesus killed. The fact that Jesus was not in hiding at this point and is coming to a very public celebration is testimony to his commitment to his Father's plan for him to be the Savior of the world. As many people who have the gift of hospitality do, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are holding a dinner for Jesus in his honor. This is no doubt related to the thankfulness that they have for raising their beloved brother from the dead. It's the least they could do. The scripture points out that Martha is still doing her thing by serving others, while Lazarus is among those chatting and enjoying interaction at the table. Mary then enters the scene and takes a pint of very expensive perfume or oil and pours it on Jesus' feet. She then spreads it around with her hair. I like how the scripture points out that the house was filled with this pleasant aroma. Good works are like that. At this point, I think it's prudent to draw some observations about the significance of this scene. Reading the scriptures, I've always appreciated God's ability to use symbolism as a teaching tool. He uses it a lot. This scene is no different. Jesus knows he is coming into the most difficult time in his ministry. He soon will be betrayed, tortured, and killed. Mary, whether she knew the full symbolism of her actions, is anointing Jesus for his burial, as Jesus makes clear to the disciples later on in the text. Anointing is used throughout the scriptures as a way to consecrate or set apart a person for God's special purposes. At the same time, Mary shows great humility and reverence by anointing slash washing Jesus' feet with this expensive perfume. The disciples are still a bit clueless to all this, as we will see. One commentary I referenced says that the pint of perfume could cost about $24,000 in today's money. Normally, the servants would do this job of cleaning the feet. Anointing with oil was also normally done by pouring oil on the head rather than the feet. 
This act also foreshadows Jesus' own act of humility at the Last Supper by his washing of the disciples' feet. On the other hand, the disciples are a bit clueless to the fact and start fussing about the oil being used in a wasteful manner. True to form, we find out that Judas Iscariot's motivations in this section of Scripture. In contrast to Mary's humility and selfless and costly devotion to Christ in his mission, we find out in verses 4, 5, and 6 that Judas is dishonest, a hypocrite, and is really just out for himself. Continuing with the facts, Jesus then rebukes them and points out that Mary is doing a good thing for him and makes a reference to his upcoming death and burial by stating that he will not always be with them. We then find out that a large crowd has gathered outside, not only because Jesus is there, but also because people wanted to see Lazarus, who's now a local celebrity, I'm sure, due to him recently being deceased, but now no longer. This fact was convincing people that Jesus was who he said he was. Well, the religious leaders could not have that happening, and so they also plotted to kill Lazarus as well. Okay. Let's make some personal applications to this scene and those people involved in it. By looking at their personalities in this sequence of events, I think we can gain some insight into uh, our own lives and Christian living. Let's look at Jesus. Okay, he knew God's plan for him, and despite the plots against him, he boldly moved ahead in carrying the plan out. It was costly. It required prayer, preparation, and boldness. I think this sets a good example for us that we need to spend time with God, knowing what he wants from us. And I don't think this has to be so mysterious. I think by reading the scriptures, we know that we're to love others, treat them in the way that we want to be treated, and increase in our knowledge of God and his kingdom. Uh, I thought of Micah 6.8. He says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God? This can be carried out in simple ways in our lives, or at times this requires great sacrifice and courage. However, the results of obedience are eternally beneficial. All right, now let's take a look at Mary. Her humility and spiritual insight is inspiring to us all. It really points us back to Christ. Not only is she willing to humble herself socially by hosting a party for Jesus amidst death plots and all this intrigue, she is also willing to sacrifice a huge amount of money in her devotion to Christ. And it's okay and she makes herself out as a servant of Christ in her acts of devotion. I like the fact that these acts of devotion aren't just really nice on her part, but really Jesus is worthy of this devotion and is worthy of the same type of sacrifice and commitment from us. Her actions speak for the ages that Jesus is special, different, God in the flesh, Savior of the world, and he is worthy of our lavish worship and devotion. Let's take a quick look at Lazarus. Uh, in a very simple way, just like Lazarus, believers in Christ have been resurrected in a spiritual sense at this point, and we are living examples of the power of Christ in today's world. You know, let's live that way. Okay, then we come to Judas, and thank goodness for negative examples. This insight into G Judas's actions and motivation gives us insight into what not to be like. Unfortunately, we often have a little bit of Judas in our thoughts and actions ourselves. We can be dishonest with others and ourselves. We're selfish. We're posers. And we even may betray our Christian beliefs at times. 
we can all pray with humility that we can crucify these types of attitudes and sins in our own lives. All right, let's take a moment for prayer. Sum this up. Dear Lord, thank you for the power of the scriptures to guide us and instruct us. Thank you for being worthy of our worship and devotion. Help us to be more like Jesus and are focused on your plan in our life. Help us to fulfill our role in your kingdom. Please encourage us to stand for you in a culture that rails against you, against your ideals, and even against your very existence. Allow us to truly be humble and glorify who you are with our actions. Also help us defeat our tendency towards sin and selfish behaviors. Thank you for anointing us with your powerful Holy Spirit and giving us salvation. Give us now the courage to speak this message through our lives and our words. Amen. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.